If you're having a human experience, and I hope all of my listeners are, not that I'm excluding UFOs or aliens, you've probably wondered about your future, what your future holds at times, um, what your next step may be. You've maybe sought counseling or advice or even looked into some kind of healing modality. Now, a quick check-in with Mr. Google, which we know, the internet, everything you read on the internet is valid and true. Ha ha. Um, checking in with Mr. Google, you will find a myriad of choices, one of which is the service of a spiritual advisor. What the fuckery is a spiritual advisor? <laughs> Well, we're about to find out. I'm Nadej August, your host. If this is your first time with us, welcome. And here's what you can expect. What the Fuckery is a podcast about the things we hear about but don't know enough about. A series of conversations dedicated to hearing firsthand from the very people whose lifestyle, truths, concepts we struggle with understanding. The very things we should know about but are afraid to discuss. Our subjects and topics may or may not be mainstream, but our guests and sometimes experts are in it, living their truth whether we accept them or not. And if in that process we manage to bring clarity to you and inspire you, by the way, then thank you, dear listener, for being curious, open, and willing. In that vein today, I have as my guest, Weston Hudson who is, wouldn't you know it, a spiritual advisor. Hi, Weston. Hello. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I met Weston at a wonderful full moon event in Venice, and he was one of a, a couple of speakers. And what he had to share with the group struck me as uh, someone who definitely has a voice, has a an intuition that I think is pretty special. So in keeping with the question of what that is, and then at some point you will tell us how it all came about, I'll be sure to mm -hmm. help you bring that out, I would like you to tell my listeners and me, what is a spiritual advisor? What does that mean? Well, I think first you have to start with, um, you know, spirit. What's spiritual, right? Because you know it's the same that kind of falls in the the category of religion. You know, people think it's something you maybe go go to something to get to, but spiritual to me is just tuning to spirit. So just like a musician will pick up a guitar or a doctor will study medicine, anatomy. When you're in the spiritual focus, you're looking for things that are of spirit. So to me, it's more of um, energy than it is a man in the sky mm -hmm. or trying to become that man in the sky. You're just trying to get in touch with what spirit is, what love is. Um, is your spirit your soul? I mean, there is that road gets thrown around a lot. 
Yeah. I'm getting in touch with my soul, with my spirit. What does that mean when people say that? Well, I think that's the confusion, right? Because you want to categorize things. So you have a body and you go, okay, I am this body and it's given a name. And so you're, I am Weston. I have this body. I look this way. I have these certain attributes. And then there's something that sits in your heart that you feel. And it's kind of like a connector point that almost doesn't feel so much like a body part anymore. You know, it's, it's like a throbbing or a, a, a tone or resonance in your chest. And I think that's more your soul that then connects to what would be an oversoul, which would be spirit. So it's kind of like your, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen those beautiful pictures of photography, but like a drop will come out of the water, but it's not disconnected from the water. It just kind of swells up into like a droplet, but it's still connected to the water. I feel like we're kind of poked out of spirit. Uh, we look separate because we can jump and run and disconnect from the earth. But in terms of an energetic field, we're still connected to that larger ocean of, or a body of water. So, so you kind of mentioned in passing earlier, because a lot of people are hung up on this distinction between religion and spirituality. Now, I, on Mr. Google, <laughs> found that there are uh, religious elders, pastors, etc., who actually refer to themselves as being spiritual advisors. And I feel like that's kind of skewed because they're kind of saying that this tenant, this man-made religion, this, this belief that we have come to, um, I, as an expert, can advise your spirit, which I'm not sure that that's, that should even be the right term, right? I don't yeah, I mean, it's a two-part thing because I believe that you're never going to, if you want to say God, if we're using the word God or spirit, you're never going to get closer to God than what you can do in your own stillness. Meditating, sitting, um, you know, maybe maybe in nature or something that puts you out of the busyness of the world where you can actually touch into that place. Um, you know, there's shamans and people that say that and, and it's in the medical community too, in terms of like pacemakers, but there's um, an energetic spark that happens and it's, it's in the sinoatrial valve, valve in your heart. So that's what they believe is actually when you when your heart beats for the first time, that your spirit is coming into body, um, which is, goes into a whole other discussion about yeah, because then abortion. When, and yeah, yeah so when are we become, when, when are, are we, we when are we? Yeah. yeah, when are we spirit? When are we human? When do we have life? energy, what is this whole thing happening? So um, I think connecting to that place in yourself, um, can you go see a clergyman, a shaman, a spiritual advisor, whatever you want to call it? Yes, because um, sometimes you, you just can't do it on your own. You know, it's like you might need a personal trainer at the beginning to kind of get back, oh man, I don't even know where I'm at, what I need to do, which weights I need to do. Do I need to run? Do I need to, you know, if your goal is losing weight, if your goal is to connect to spirit, you know, I don't want to limit it to one resource. Mm. It could be a book. It could be a friend. It could be a spiritual advisor. So it's whatever um, works for you, at least in the beginning, and you get led to. Yeah, and you and you will be. You will be. You know, th th those people will show. I, 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 the way I look at finding the right person for you, if you need somebody, is just to pray. So you just ask, I'm stuck on this issue. I need help. Please send me a guide. And that's how you know it's sincere because you ask for it and then they show up. Yes. 
and it'll show up on all kinds of different levels, have many different things I've asked for. It's like, oh, 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 whoa, like I didn't know I was going to get this kind of teacher, but it's the exact medicine you need because the universe knows exactly what you need or your higher self, your spiritual self, whatever knows what you need on this human journey. So I ask for spiritual guidance or a mentor or something of that effect. This is hypothetical. And in steps in Weston Hudson. What does Weston do? How would he approach working with me? So it's usually everybody has kind of a question that's gnawing on them. It, it just hovering around. It could be a, a week long question. It could be a year long question. It could be a lifetime question. It's like, why can't I get this answered or pass this? So once that question is kind of queued up, then that's when I step in to go, well, let's look at your limiting beliefs. Let's look at what's going on in your psychology, your spirituality, or lack of thereof, your connection to yourself, what's going on. Because that answer wants to, it, the reason why you're asking it, because you know it could be answered. Why would you ask a question that you didn't know could not be answered? Correct. So you know that the answer exists. Then it's the pursuit of how do we allow this to be revealed and be open and ready. How do you look into these very things you talked about? When you say, then we look into your beliefs or all the reasons why this question's come up. How, well, how that comes from, that? you know, I've been studying myself, psychology, spirituality for 20 years. So I, I know the terrain. So it's basically like, show me your terrain. What are you stumbling on? Let me hear your words. Let me hear your intention. Because everything you say actually starts from an intention inside of you. So it will reveal more than maybe what your words are saying is kind of what and then you'll start matching it up it's a little bit like psychology at first then you start to hear and then i have an intuitive gift that starts to say oh this person wants the answer then it starts coming through me and i blend it with my own human understanding of this journey and then also from the intuitive side so it's a blending of what i need because basically what you're trying to do is get people out of their mind that's it like when we get in our mind, we lose our connection to that heart place, that center, and then it's monkey mind. Mm. So I'm really good at helping people, whether using metaphor, teaching spiritual tools, uh, psychological tools, techniques, and then once the mind's out of the way, you will naturally just flow. Some people will call it surrender or um, being like humble or, or humility, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, then it starts to, to flow. To flow through. Flow yeah. with them. How long do you work with someone depending on their, is it based on what their situation is? How often would someone have to meet with you or talk to you? It, it just depends. Like in my own life, I, I, when I go see, I like to see really high octane <laughs> teachers or healers because I want the, I kind of build up to it and then, okay. You're then, like fast and furious, make it happen now. Yeah. Well, now, it's now, like now. the roller coaster, you get to the top, woo. You know, it's like I, I build up something and then I'm like, okay, now I release the brakes and then a new paradigm shift happens in my life. That's the way I work. It just depends on the person. So some person might need a really slow guidance. Some people are like, I'm ready. I just want to change. I want my life to transform and it'll happen then. And then, you know, I'm not here from for three years. You know, it, I, I would like to work more that way just because I don't want a dependency to be created mm. because it's still always about that person listening to themselves. Um, just and you help people t 
tap into their ability to trust their own voice because that's usually an issue. A lot of people constantly second guess what they think they know they need to do, yeah. and they're just not sure. There's always one hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's the main thing, um, and a lot of that in the psychological part of it, which is also part of spirituality and love. But shame and guilt are the two big factors that really get us. Um, guilt is um, I did something wrong, and shame is I am wrong. The, and those just trip us up. It's that which, oh, I don't want to do this because I want to hurt that person or I don't want to, you know, that's what, when we start doing that indecisive self-talk, that's when it doesn't flow. There's a natural um, decision that just wants to pop through. But then if we get in our mind, and this is a whole other subject, but quantum physics, the way we relate with the universe, it will keep giving us it will reinforce whatever we focus we believe on. Or, yeah. 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 So. Absolutely. Well, I've never heard that explanation of shame versus guilt, the difference. That's very interesting. Incidentally, do you believe that guilt is something we are taught? Does everyone have that ability to, quote unquote, feel bad about an action they may have taken and that caused harm to another person or hurt another person? Yeah, I mean, it's complex. I mean, on the basic level of human nature and human behavior, you, you're developed as a child through reward and punishment. Uh, so you might start to just learn, you might start to feel guilty because you did something quote unquote wrong. You know, I got caught with my hand in the cookie jar. I learned I'm not supposed to have cookies. Might develop a weight problem, you know, an eating disorder just off that. True. Because you have guilt saying, I did something wrong. You're just like I just wanted a cookie. So you, you that's how you learned about guilt <laughs> on on, on a on a basic level. Yeah, mm -hmm. just in the start of. But I mean, it's more complex, you know, because then you start connecting other things of because we want to get love and we want to get the reward, and then you know, depending on how much manipulation is happening in your environment, how much dominance, persuasion. All these things that are happening. Yeah. It, then you start building a more complex guilt system. It's not just so transactional of like, oh, I got my hand caught in the cookie jar. It's not now I've got guilt. Yeah. And this starts coming from all angles. And then you start building a complex. And then if you, because, oh man, we're going to go. <laughs> yeah, please, let's do it. <laughs> there's a whole, uh, so there's like, it gets stronger if then you go and repeat, be a repeat offender of making somebody else feel guilty, for instance. So it's kind of like the, the way abuse works is it's ball hits ball hits ball. So you don't actually become a victim until you victimize somebody else because they- Ooh, Say that again. You don't actually become a victim until you victimize someone else. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's powerful. Because when some, like someone punch, punches me in the face, let's say five years old or eight, 10 years old, whatever, um, I now have a conscious decision, unless I'm asleep, uh, spiritually asleep, if I'm not disconnected from my heart. So I have a, if I, if I still have a bit of my heart intact and I say, okay, I just got punched in the face. What do I want to do here? You have three choices. I can punch the person right back. I can bottle it up and go punch somebody else, or I can transform it. And that's the part that doesn't, that's what Jesus would say would be forgiveness. Turn the other cheek. To transform it. To yeah. literally say, I'm going to take this energy and forgive them for they, for they know not what they do. But that mm -hmm. takes a very highly evolved, at five years old, right? You have to be kind of be born a, a saint or a mystic to have that level of awareness. But it's possible. Some people are, yeah. Mm -hmm. Some people don't go on that journey because they want to go through the shame and guilt journey. <laughs> and most people would not necessarily strike back right away, but make the decision to go and repeat. Yeah, and oh, another thing, you could also do it, you could beat yourself up. 
you could go beat the person up to beat you up. You could beat somebody else up. You could beat yourself. Like I did something wrong. I deserve this. It's my internalize fault. it and yeah. then take it out on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how the whole cycle begins. Of disconnection with your true soul and spirit begins. Yeah, yeah. Because much. you're now building a, a psychological construct. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, our personality is born mainly as a defense mechanism. We put it on as like, oh, these are my preferences, but a lot of it is actually to guard us. Yeah. Oh, I have these preferences. I don't deal with those people. We'll keep them over there so that I can stay safe. True. I mean, at at, at our basic level, we are either running away from pain or seeking pleasure. Pleasure Mm -hmm. and pain are very interconnected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they motivate us Mm -hmm. through life. So what you're saying is absolutely supports that. Yeah. And that's the ball hits ball. That's where it begins. Um, and then if you choose not to pass it on, then you won't have the guilt. Uh, you'll bury it you, you, or you'll just release it. It won't be in you anymore. What do you mean if you choose to pass it on? Oh, the punching mean, of the face yeah, if you, or catching, you know, like feeling bad about, cause see if you got, let's if on a more, not punching the face, even the hand in the cookie jar, if you felt bad about that because you were just doing something you were naturally called, I am naturally called to eat this cookie. I want this cookie. And then somebody makes you feel bad about it. You may start doing that to somebody else. Make them feel bad yeah. about having Maybe it's another kid too. at school. Oh, why did you pack that for your lunch? You, know, you shouldn't be eating cookies. You make them feel bad. Oh, you're fat. You mm. know. And that's passing it on. That's yeah. the ball. It's an energetic exchange. Yeah. It's a form of abuse that's really mild that doesn't get addressed. And then it starts to build. Uh-oh. Right. And most people do it without recognizing what they're doing because I believe, at least children, we repeat what we see. The behaviors we saw, that's what we view. Like, a cookie's bad. Someone taught you that the cookie was bad for you. There's no way that you would have known that the cookie was bad. Unless, of course, you had some issues intestinally. Yeah, yeah, your body might Your body might let you know, this is bad for you, put it away. But yeah, but the biggest and best thing to do is to transform it as turn the other cheek so to speak yeah and yeah. you if you, if you miss it at five years old then you're gonna do okay. you're gonna do that as an adult <laughs> you're gonna spend a lot of money seeking counselors and spiritual advisors to be yeah. like i'm yeah. still trying to get over this cookie thing i have how did you come to label yourself as such and work as a spiritual advisor how did it all begin for you i'm very interested in how it all started um, for me, it, it's been a journey. I mean, it, it didn't start as like, oh, I'm going to, I didn't even know what that meant. You didn't wake up when you're like, I know I'm going to be a spiritual advisor when I wake grow up. No, it was a, and I, I probably think everyone's life is this to a degree. It's, and it's an unfoldment. I moved here to be an actor, uh, 20, whatever, 21 years ago. And he has the looks for it, by the way, guys. <laughs> so this is, this is going to be fun. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, podcast here. Uh, can't see what I look like, but, um. Oh, but you'll go, they'll go on your website okay, and see okay, what you yeah, look yeah. like. But. Um, but yeah, that was the thing. And then uh, I realized I was doing it for the wrong reasons, motivational-wise, what was driving me. It was more for me seeking love rather than art. You know, if you approach acting as art, it's a beautiful art form. It's expressive in many ways, and it, it helps a lot of people. It go, heals a lot of people, yeah, too. Mm-hmm. And entertain. And it, right. it, it, comedy, you know, there's, there's a lot out there. Um, for me, it didn't resonate, and I needed to go figure out why. How much time did you spend trying to be this actor before um, you realized it wasn't for you? Uh, I, I, it was still slowly trying to give it up. It probably was four years total, maybe even five. Um, but the journey was happening inside of that. I was in acting class, and that's what kind of woke me up was um, 
the teacher had quoted Dustin Hoffman and he said, we must be pretty fucked up as actors to want to like file into this little black box and watch our face projected 40 feet tall and have everybody look at us, you know, and it just hit me as like, yeah, why am I doing this? And then a lot of my dad issues started to surface. And wow. You had to go to acting school in order to deal with your dad issues. Isn't life interesting? Yeah, and I, it's funny because I was studying computer science, so I was going more of a traditional, very safe. I was in the mid-90s when there was a lot of computer boom. boom. Yeah, so it was like a guaranteed uh, $80,000 a year right out of college kind of thing. And um, I just started getting this creative call. Uh, I was like, this isn't creative enough for me. This isn't creative. And, and, and when I look back, it actually started to slowly happen in high school. Mm -hmm. So there was the waking up was happening in high school. It, didn't, it took me removing myself from that paradigm, Texas, my family, friends, that, to come to California. And then uh, the funny part of it is I went to play tennis. I was a big tennis player as a teenager, and I just wanted to go hit. I went to the park one day. And these two guys are playing. I was like, oh, I'd like to hit with them. So I went and asked them. We hit for two minutes. And this guy just starts saying all this crazy esoteric, like, you are God and, you know, every everything in here is God. And it was just blowing our mind from, like, Texas to what is this guy talking about? And then, How old were you, if you don't mind me At asking. that point? Yeah, at that, that point. That was, like, 19, 20, 20. Oh, yeah. Someone tells me I'm God. I'm like, okay. 19, <laughs> like, okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, but he goes, you're curious, stay curious. And so I just stayed curious. Wow. So that was the beginnings. Then it was through uh, releasing acting, music surfaced. I was playing music, writing songs, uh, performing live in LA. And that felt closer to it. Uh, but what I realized later on, I was limited because I was trying to teach through my music. And the song formats are just short. I can't talk about everything we just talked about. I can try. I can make like a nice poetry about it. But it would be more effective if I put down the guitar and just say, this is what I'm to do. And then that led me to Apple computers where I ended up teaching for Apple and realized how much I like to teach. Mm. And then I went on to teach at Musicians Institute, still computer filled, but then my lectures were drifting off into spirituality and the students were eating it up. <laughs> and not learning anything. <laughs> but they were learning Photoshop and the other stuff. Or whatever yeah, else. they were supposed to learn. And I'm like, I should probably quit because they're going to turn in their projects and not have anything done. I mean, they'll know more about this other topic, but you know, so that's when it started to really break loose. And who said school couldn't be fulfilling, huh? Yeah, well, in they ways I didn't even know. Like, come for the music, but leave with spirituality. Yeah, yeah, for them, for sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. that's funny. Yeah. I love hearing about people's journeys because our lives are not so straightforward, and especially when we're willing to listen and heed and abide, which is what you've done. Yeah, because you could have very much done the practical thing, which is stay with the computer yeah, science. Yeah, yeah. And in the back of your mind, you'd be unfulfilled, probably miserable, most likely. You've fallen ill physically because you're not you were not living to your true yeah for sure journey one hundred percent hundred percent yeah yeah. So now, at which point do you go? this is it. This is what I do. I'm going to have a website. I'm going to work with people. I've had clients. How does mm -hmm. that evolve? Well, that's even been trend, uh, a process, a journey. Um, uh, you know, the what the fuckery of this is like, I was always really scared of it. Um, the insights and the clarity and that come through me as a gift, it, it felt kind of... It's kind of scary, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it it was building confidence for years of what right do I have to guide somebody, tell somebody, you know, be an authority for someone's life. And, you know, and then this intuitive part that's like, how do you even measure, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not like I have, 
you know, a, a diploma on the wall that says I went to medical school and studied, studied the anatomy and have researched medicine. But, you know, it's like, I just had to trust. And it's kind of the poetry of my journey anyways. It's like continual trust and faith of that this does make sense, that there's something higher that's trying to come onto the planet. And I'm just a vessel and tool. Um, yeah. You're willing to be the vessel and tool, which I think we all are. But there was one astrologer that helped me. He, um, he, I, I had heard he used to have audio pod or audio um, horoscopes that you could download for like five dollars per month. They were always fascinating. And then one time, I, it was like two years ago, I just gifted myself. I was like, I'm going to get a full reading, and he just laid it out. And he gave me such clarity on kind of how I was pussyfooting around the mm, idea of like you knew you were supposed to, but you weren't willing to jump in, fully commit. Yeah. You were scared. Yeah, I, I actually tried to put it under the premise of I was doing organizational emotional coaching, which was like go into a person's home, help them look at their clutter or mess, hoarding, whatever you want to call it, and then peel back that layer and find the emotions, try to set the, you know, get that emotion free and then let the space clean up. Mm-hmm. But I was hiding. The outside in. Yeah, because they're, they're connected. Your mind that and your space fast. and your space and your mind are connected. Yeah. And um, this guy, his name is DK Brainerd. Uh, you can look him up. He's fascinating. But um, he was the one that said, you need to just say what you are. Like He's like, there's no place for that in society, like in, especially in the West, Western culture, um, that we don't really honor shamans or mystics or healers. Now, 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 oh, so and, and living in, L, in LA, it's obviously we more, are so open in this, yeah, city in this city. But if you start traveling to other parts of the country, it's like, what are you? I mean, you know? even if you go down to San Diego, chances are you won't, yeah, find it starts as to, many. yeah, it starts yeah, to yeah, peter away. Yeah, this yeah. is a mecca, this is definitely a mecca of, yeah. of spirituality, all um, things spirit and expressive and creativity. I mean, LA is a beautiful place for all that. The yeah. dark and the light are constantly all working at its way. Yeah, it, it's beautiful though. It's, I mean. it's, oh, I love it. And it's, uh, I could go on for hours just about LA, but sounds like you found your city. Yeah, for, for now. I mean, it's still got a lot of hustle and bustle to it that I like to be a little more slow paced, but yeah, yeah. if this is where I need to be now, then yeah, let's, That's where let's do you need it. To yeah. be. Um, how can, Hmm. Did you have, I, I want to go back to your childhood a little bit, coming up as a youngster, did you ever have these moments, these sparks that said, I have this gift somehow? Were yeah. you always an intuitive child, a caring person, an empathetic child? Yeah. You must have Yeah, I mean, my signs. sister remembers this more than I do. I remember getting, I remember the event when I was, I don't even know, four or five, I, I was young. We were at a restaurant and the waitress dumped her whole tray of water glasses on me. And my sister was watching me to see how I was going to react. And I, she said she could feel how empathetic I was because I didn't want to cry to hurt the waitress's feelings. So I've already, I've always had an empathy in that way. Um, then if you want to call it metaphysics or, you know, the secret law of attraction, my first manifestation when I was like 10 years old, I manifested a gift certificate to a pet store. I really, I was really into animals and I wanted to be a veterinarian and there's way bigger prizes. But for me, I was like, I want that gift certificate. To, it's $10, you know, it's like $10 is a lot of dough for a kid. They're like, they're, they're pulling out the names. I'm just like Weston Hudson, Weston Hudson, Weston Hudson. And then it, And I was like, wow, there's something to it. And there was an after school special going on called the cosmic awareness of Duffy moon. And he was doing that. He was like, you can do it, Duffy moon, you can do it. And he held his breath and tried to manifest something. And I just knew that that was the truth. 
Like I knew that was how it worked, even though everyone around me say this is crazy. And so I, that, I definitely kept it on the download and I didn't. And then I got lost in my running. There's like, a, I call them like the escapism years when I was just running from my trauma. And so I played a lot of sports. I played about six hours of sports per day. Um, and if I wasn't there, I was hanging out with my friends. So I was just running. Feel free to decline. When you say you're running away from your trauma, can do you want to share what some of it is? Can yeah, you, I mean, I, so people I can, can acknowledge that they too have trauma that they're avoiding. Yeah, I mean, they would take a whole book just to write just, just those years. But um, yeah, I mean, basically there was abuse in house in our household and around, um, which caused. Um, you know, there's the hurt, there's the initial hurt, but then I think the worst part of it was that my dad kind of fell apart. Um, he had a pretty good job. We were making, you know, making pretty good money, living a pretty good life and it just stopped. And then he went into therapy and when he did that, he actually moved from Texas to Los Angeles to get deeper therapy. And that was kind of the, the hardest part, probably more than the actual abuse that was Your happening. Your foundation got rattled yeah just not knowing the stability it was just insane so that's where the running began because it's like i could control the running and mm. it's even though it's it still sense. spastic it's like running for what are we doing with no aim really we run from pain yeah but i didn't i, I it looked like i was going to be you know number one tennis player in texas like you know, that's where my goal was set and maybe even go into pros like but i never felt settled like i never felt at home inside of that that, that it wasn't sport. your true place. Yeah. Yeah. Your true north. And then I got sick and then it was boom, like stop at 17. I hear that a lot with especially people who tend to be going the healing field, but like the healing modality that's not your traditional allopathic medicine. Mm -hmm. I often hear that there's often like some major crisis that deals with their health, their bodies. Something yeah. happens that literally makes them stop. So well, it had to attack my body because the bot. It was. It's like that's what I was using to get away. So it has to stop me. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, you're not going to listen unless we. You know, I think it's all one intelligence system mm -hmm. that's doing it. Our higher self, if you want. It was my higher self saying it's time to wake up. And also at that same point, I was I was taking these tennis trips with the tennis team, and we would ride in the yellow dogs, and we we could lay down in there. And I would be in the back of the bus and I just put some music on. I was really getting into music at the time. And um, I would just start crying. I, I didn't know why then. Just I just had a wound. I had a tender, raw. You were releasing. That. Yeah, it was just waking that up. Yeah. Even And then what was happening now I look back was that when I was on the tennis trip, I didn't have my friends. That's they, My friends were really how I escaped with just, you know, um, constantly getting involved in some activity with them. And it was in that, it just, you know, six hour, Texas is such a big state. These trips would be six hours long. You'd be in the night driving down the highway, just crying. It's like, oh, something's off. Mm. I got sick. Everything started. That, that's what I consider the wake up. Like the, begin, the, the beginning, the beginning, this like kind of, like, I'm still groggy, you know, I'm waking up like, oh, what's this? Uh. Yeah. But there was a new insight happening. Well, good for you for not pushing or staying in that direction that was not yeah. exactly your path. It's going to be interesting to see if everything does come back full circle. At some point it has sure. to. Sure. Yeah. It surely Yeah, I mean, even tennis did. It was really, actually, uh, years, I mean, years later, without playing seriously for 12, 15 years, I um, 
got back involved. It's a totally, I could, it's such a long story, but randomly I put out, I wanted to play with some guys. I've randomly found these guys. The next thing you know, two years later, I'm playing a national tennis tournament. So I'm thinking, Oh wow, we're at the glory. I'm playing next to literally the number one players in the world, the top players in the world. Um, but I had a moment at Chipotle with my mom (laughs) that was more important than the tennis tournament. I was doing some healing work with my mom at Chipotle um, around some guilt and shame. For her? Well, because she was saying, you know, oh, you just had so much potential. You could have been. My brother was there, too, and he'd ask, like, do you regret giving it up? Because I was pretty close to breaking through the next level. And I said, no, if you had asked me that a year ago, I would have. I had some regret. Because I was at the same tournament as a spectator this year, I was playing and part of it, and um, it was in that moment that I realized she had put so much pressure on me because of what's an unspoken inadequacy. Mm. I think that's a lot of what happens to and around shame and guilt. There's this kind of like you feel inadequate and you're trying to repair the shame or guilt to make yourself feel whole. And I just was able to look at her and be like, "I doesn't live here anymore. I, I know I'm on my path." Mm. Uh, I couldn't have said that. Did she it, honor that? Um, or has she honored it? No, because you're only as good as the own le- your own level of completion. So in, my mom's still struggling with her own inadequacy. Yeah. So, so that was getting projected onto me. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, she couldn't fully hear it because it was still being filtered through her own story. Always. Instead of just being, oh, I get it. My brother got it because he, he, he's more Open. tapped into that. Yeah. yeah. So. Are your siblings all somewhat... Mm, more open than the average person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you sat in the room with the three of us, it, there's three of us. My, yeah, I met your older sister. brother and yeah, and yeah, my sister. Probably. So if you sat in a room with us, we would talk all like this. We're pretty, you know, open. We have different gifts and, and, and things of what we and how we approach life. But um, yeah, it's, it's. Does your mother, is she comfortable with that? Does she embrace that her children have these gifts? That oh yeah, you? she's she's very connected herself in some ways. It's really weird. She struggles a lot, but then she also has these like crazy kind of. She's still human. Yeah, you know, having her. Own she'll experience. have no money, and you're like, oh god, what's going to happen? And boom, she forty thousand dollars just out of nowhere. Yeah, you know, it's just like so. She has some powers, and and, and then you also go like, is she just doing this for us? <laughs> she's kind of playing. Yeah, she's <laughs> playing a role. Yeah, yeah, just to be like, oh well, they need to learn some stuff, so I'll we'll play this role and. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I could talk about stuff forever, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, this is- I've, I've literally spent the, you know, after the acting thing, I, and, and there was times I had Apple stock. I was living off my Apple stock. I literally would just sit and read and journal and people watch and talk to friends about their stuff. It just, it was so fascinating to me how human behavior and spiritual, you know, uh, presence mix and what we're doing here and just this constant quest of trying to understand all things. <laughs> and you know what's interesting? You just shared this little bit and what you're, you've deducted makes wonderful sense. And what I'm getting is how, wow, the universe is, has supported you so much along this journey that here you were able to live off some stock just to immerse yourself in learning and practicing and talking to people. That's, that's a luxury. Yeah, well, yeah. But it was meant to be? It's yeah. all part of your preparation? Yeah, and I mean, the stock would actually be worth... The, Even uh, more if you yeah. didn't live well, off Well, because of it. I, before, I cashed in before Apple split seven times, so Darn. I would have seven times the amount of stock, but I wouldn't trade it because the, the insight through those years that I was doing that, uh, I was able to heal with my dad, forgive my dad, call my dad, forgive him. I mean, it, you know, 
you can't take that back. And I, and I needed to not be working. If I would have been working, I don't think I would have let myself go to the depth of that healing. It's hard to heal you know, when there's, when there's a raw yourself. crying and you have to like, then go do your job. Like, it's like, and I'm not saying you can't, but it's a, it's a balance, especially when you're getting into deep basement stuff. Like, <laughs> deep yeah. basement stuff. That's some dark stuff because basements are usually. <laughs> yeah. Cobwebs and yeah, shelters. What did fallout shelters is what basement started as. It's where you run when there's yeah, a war yeah, above. Yeah. It's yeah. a beautiful That's just when your stuff is, when bad stuff's going on. That's yeah. when bad stuff's going on is when you go uh, into the basement. But, you know, now people live in basements. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. What, they've converted it. They converted it to their pool housing. room, their pool table. Yes. Um, Weston, do people call you Wes? Uh, they try. <laughs> but you don't like it. You want your full name said. I mean, again, that's yeah, an attachment. Well, but it's, it's an attachment. Weston. I can let it go. Like, if it's Wes, I okay. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. There's just something about Weston and, and something about being unique that I identify with. It's not such the most common name. Because yeah. um, you could be Wes or West. Yeah. You know what I mean? West or, or we. Keep going west on. <laughs> you could just truncate it all down to we. Yeah, just we. Okay, you're just W. We, we Hudson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we Hudson. It's like West Hudson. Yeah. Uh, how can our friends find you who may, who want your support? Yeah. I'd like to call it support. I, I have a friend, by the way, audience, I forgot to mention, who attributes her healing from a devastating breakup to this man that's sitting across from me, Weston Hudson. So he is a healer, a guide, a teacher. And if you feel called to reach out to him, please do. Um, tell us how we can reach you. And you have a lot of free stuff that people can look at. on. Yeah, your yeah. And there will be more. So, I mean, the way I approach it is like some people like to heal in the comfort of their own home. And for me, a, a lot of my journey was with books, like just reading books. Um, but if you do feel called to work with any guide and if you want to work with me in particular, you just go to my website, westonhudson.com and there's a book a session button there. Um, if you're not ready, you just want to kind of sense more about me. You can go watch, uh, I have a YouTube channel and there will be more, I have content built out for many, many months to come. What are some things that people can see on your YouTube on channels? there? Um, there's some law of attraction stuff cause that's kind of the entry point, um, out of when you're a victim you need some power and so when you learn something like law of attraction you become creative and you realize wow i don't have to be a victim anymore so law of attraction is a powerful tool it's not the end you know there's way more than law of attraction but um so there's the videos on law of attraction there's videos about forgiveness i have a a, a thing that happened between me and my dad uh during a meditation with my supreme being that i was with jesus in that in that case because that's kind of what i resonate with but um, you know, there will be, and I have so much more planned. Um, Jesus, not the son of God, but Jesus, a angelic presence. Oh, I see. Yeah. People need to understand of love that. and light. Yeah. Because yeah. Christianity has made Jesus this other figure, which, you know, respectfully, if that works for you, but there's Jesus, a prophet as well. There is Jesus, this being of light yeah. who accompanies uh, a mystical you. man that has, that was encased in the, in a human skeleton that had uh, genitals of a man. Yeah, so you'd have to say, okay, that's, experience. that's who he is. But you know, what happens a lot with the mind, cause we are addicted to our mind. We want to read a book and then discuss the book. And I always say like some people would be actually literally arguing over the Bible. If Jesus was sitting across the table, they wouldn't even see him because they'd be so busy arguing. arguing. 
So it, it, it's, it would be, it would be, if you saw Jesus, if you literally or walked up to a person in the presence with that amount of energy, it would be very scary because he would be busting your, your, the, all the constructs of your mind that you've built to guard yourself. Mm-hmm. A man that free and loving would just almost fry you. So he is. So I'm saying, uh, to most people, it'd be scary to even meet Jesus, but it's easier to like make him and put him in a book and then don't talk about him because as a to, to actualize as him, it's a whoa, it's a high octane. It's a vibration. Yeah. That's I mean, he's, a he wasn't level. man anymore. He was blending into true spiritual voltage. So, like. <laughs> well, I'm glad you communicate with him. Yeah, probably not. Probably that. not enough. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him Nadesh says, hey. Yeah, I just resonate because he just, I mean, there's some sacred people that have walked this planet. So, oh, yeah, there yeah. have been. There yeah. have been. Weston, thank you so very much for yeah. being here. Your presence is so calming. I, I don't know, listeners, if you can hear the difference in my voice. Um, his energy has grounded me just being in his presence, and that's the truth. I don't know if you know this, that you have that effect on people. Yeah. You're so chill. I'm chill. <laughs> I don't know that. Well, I yeah, and then back to the looks thing. Car. It's like it's like um, <laughs> I, I don't kind of come in the normal shaman spiritual package either. I'm just an average guy, boy from Texas that has a gift and uh, was adamant exploring. What it, is a shaman supposed to look like? Yeah, I mean, you don't, exactly. It's I mean, it's changing now. I mean, yeah. used to it would be linen cloth or you know in some remote mountain range and you have to go hike to find them. People used to have to prove that they were holy, so to speak. Yeah. Well, you Whatever wanted to identify means. as that, you know, yeah, you no. have a badge. Same with a rabbi or a, you know, priest or whatever. You have a, a garb, mm-hmm. you have clothing that, that that says, oh, well, there's the there's the man of the cloth. Yeah. Or when I see nuns, I'm like, oh. Yeah. You know, know you can you identify. Are. And it, it's, it's, it, it is nice to identify so that people know that. But I think it's more like what you're saying is, and hopefully for everybody, where you just become your authentic self and your energy radiates. And that doesn't mean you have to be calm and peaceful. You can be, you just a, be who an you entertainer are. and be yeah. making people laugh. You can be high octane and just your presence whatever is that means. because you make people laugh. Yeah. Yeah, whatever that You can be means. an auto mechanic and just be like, man, I just love tools. And, 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 you know, and, and fixing you, someone's car is yeah. a blessing. Yeah, get them who, back on the road and they're doing yeah. their thing. Yeah, so There are moments in everyone's lives that, that are holy and sacred. You can find them. Yeah. You yeah, find them. Yeah. yeah. I cool. find them in that bottle of water. That's God's juice. Yeah, as I call oh, it. Yeah. As God's the, juice. The Jesus juice. The Jesus juice. Jesus juice. Well, maybe Jesus juice sounds better. Sounds better. Jesus juice. Jesus juice. Okay. Yeah, I'm plugging my product. Go on my website and buy my Jesus juice. Okay, we're gonna come up with that soon. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, listeners, um, WestonHudson's.com and all of his uh, social media will be on the show notes. Feel free to reach out to me if you have questions about him. You can leave uh, voice messages via the link that is on the uh, app of the show notes. And um, I look forward to sharing more stories with you next time. Bye.